0: Listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winterhaven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Christmas is almost here. Yeah, I got a one whoop whoop out of that. Y'all start posting about Christmas in August, so I would have figured we'd have got more whoop out of that. But at any rate, Christmas is almost here, and we wanted to be an encouragement, wanted to try to maybe take a little different angle at, at some of the things that we weigh under, some of the thoughts and the feelings that we might have during a time of, of celebration. We don't feel as... Celebratory as others around us. The first week of, of this kind of little mini series, if you will, we, we, we introduce the notion that as followers of Jesus, and if you are a follower of Jesus, I hope you are. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place, and I'm glad you're here because God loves you. Um, the whole point of Christmas. Uh, it 's it's, it's not just the manger it 's not just the shepherds and the wise men and all that goes into that. yes, Jesus came as a baby, and yes, that is the, the incarnation that that baffled everyone, but the purpose of Christmas is the cross. The purpose of the cross is the forgiveness of sin and the The reality of the resurrection is the promise of reconciliation, forgiveness, and redemption. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, just know this. God loves you. And God gave His Son in your place for your sin so that you might be forgiven, you might be made right with Him if by faith you'll trust in Him and Him alone as not only your Savior, but your Lord And you're in a great place of of believers, and and, and we'd love to to see you come just like we did, by faith, believing. But if you are a follower of Jesus, then three weeks ago we introduced this idea that, that we have the chance to choose. We're walking this journey, and we feel the things that we feel. We face the circumstances that we face, but in a lot of respects we have the choice between living in those circumstances or choosing the path that God has opened for us through the death and resurrection of Jesus, through that relationship that we have with Him by faith, we can choose to walk in the way that He lays out before us. doesn't mean our circumstances will change. It doesn't mean how folks are treating us will be any different, but we can choose to step in to what He's promised. The first week we said we can choose between living in the stress or living in His rest. doesn't mean by stepping into the rest that is provided for us that, that all of the stressful circumstances go away. Those things that cause us pain and frustration and difficulty doesn't mean those things are going to go away. But what Jesus offers to us is the opportunity to set aside those burdens as our primary focus and put on His yoke. That that yoke that He will pull with us, that He will carry. And we discover that while the stresses are there, when we step in to the rest that is promised, when we put Christ in His rightful place as our focus for living, our focus for, for all that we do, then we can walk in the rest That he provides for us, the rest and confidence that he's in control and that he can carry what we cannot. So, we said we can choose rest, but that's what we have to choose. Last week, we talked about the times that we feel hollow because of of crisis that arises in our life and and leaves us depleted, leaves us uh, uh, in, in a place of total confusion. Leaves us where we don't know which way to turn and where to go, hollow. And all the reasons that can bring us to those. And, and, and recognizing that, that even when we've come through the season of hollowness, that season of, of grief, that season of, of not knowing which way to turn, even when we come through that, at times, things like Christmas, when we're reminded of those that aren't with us, when we're reminded of those things that have happened, can bring us right back into that frame of mind, that way of thinking, that real sense of feeling. Followers of Jesus have have been told that, yes, in this life we will go through hollow seasons, but we're held in the hand of our God. And we can step into His, embrace His desire to hold us in those times of hollowness. If we will step into Him, if we will walk into His open arms of love and comfort. We also encouraged one another to look around us and see who those that are going through seasons of grief Who may be feeling hollow and recognize that we have the privilege of being the arms of our Lord for one another. Because chances are great before too long. We too will sense and feel the hollowness. And they will be the arms that are extended toward us. We can choose. We can can decide that we're going to move toward His promises, toward His word. Today we want to look at the final one. It's a choice between weak or strong. I think the two words, I can't, are probably the most common words used from about the time that a teacher expects the child to take the pencil and trace over the letters. They begin to go, I can't, I can't. Miss Clark, I can't. I can't do that. Yes, you can. But it extends on into upper elementary. They start having to formulate long sentences, even write little paragraphs. I can't. I can't. Yes, you can. And then they get over into middle school, and they think they can do everything. They think they know everything, but they, they don't. But they still have a problem with those two. I can't. I can't. No, most of the time is you won't. But you feel like I can't. And then we get over into adulthood after high school, and you know what we still start feeling? I can't. And It leaves us in a sense of weakness, inability, incapacitated. And as a follower of Jesus, we, we hear that, that God actually wants to do things through us that requires our obedience, that we step into His call, that we step into what He has laid out for all the followers of Jesus. And we sit, and we listen, and we hear, and we nod, and we know that's true. But when it comes time to actually putting that to work, we say, I can't. I can't do that. I'm 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 too weak in my faith. I'm too weak in my ability. I'm just too weak. to. There's no way that God wants to put that kind of responsibility on me. I just can't, Lord. Chances are great if you're a follower of Jesus, you've spent some time wrestling with him about the things that you just can't. I just can't, Lord. What are the things that makes us weak? our standing or our place in society. A lot of times we look at where we're at and we evaluate which side of the track that we come from. And we see ourselves in weakness because we recognize I'm I'm not I, I, I'm I'm not a a person of of means or I'm not a person of of prominence. I I, I don't have the backing that folks are look I you know, I just can't step it. I can't imagine that God would want to use me like He would use you because obviously you're from the better side of the track. If you're here today and you wrestle with being on the better side of the tracks, well, you, your choice is not between weakness and strength. Yours is between pride and humility, but that'll be a service for another day. But those of us who look at ourselves and go, I... I I don't have anything to bring to the table. There's nothing I can really accomplish. Lord, just, I can't. Sometimes it's the lack of our abilities compared to others. Not where we're from. It's it's, it's not the the, the pedigree that we have or rather that we don't have. It's what we think we can do compared to others. You know, comparison trap is something that will plague you till you die. If you let it comparing what you think you can do to what you think another is doing i, mean, I just i can't I, I don't have ability i don't have the 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 know how and i you know i'm just i can't learn new i just can't i can't i'm weak i can't sometimes we're weak we feel like we can't because our past is littered with failure as you look behind me and say, "You know what, I just maybe it's not so much I can't, as much as I shouldn't." Well, well, well why? why? Why shouldn't you step into the things that God has called? Why shouldn't you walk the path of faithfulness? Why shouldn't you be and do what God has prepared beforehand for you to be? Into? Well, you see, I've got, this, I've got this track record of failure. See, I fell back there, and it's just it's littered. And, and folks that know me know that I just, I've just got too much baggage. I shouldn't be really what we're saying is i can't my, my, my failures are going to keep i'm just i'm not i don't have the strength to overcome my failures so i can't sometimes it's the fear of those that would stand in opposition to us you know we, we might would call that cowardice you know, i'm just i'm just afraid of the enemy you know so i, I i'll i'll dodge the draft, if you will, that, that God has laid out for those that will come you know, Come unto me. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a role for you, and, and, and I want to glorify myself through you. And we just sort of dodge the draft. Why? Because we're, if we're just honest, we're just a little bit scared of the opposition. I'm a little bit scared of what that might mean for me, about what that might mean for my My family, Lord, I love you, but I just, I don't know that I'm cut out to face that kind of opposition. And so we stand as believers in the place we know we're supposed to be with the smile on, but internally we're defeated because we feel ourselves too weak. I just, I I can't. I think we have a choice between weakness and strength and it's not about the choice of becoming stronger in and of ourselves I think about uh you know those that, that that don't have physical strength and want to have it what will they do they'll go to the gym they'll start taking supplements to build their muscle that's not what God's asking us to do he's not asking us to build our strength but He is giving us the choice of strength. Or we can continue to walk in weakness. As I was thinking, I had a, I had a list of, of passages of Scripture. I had a list of individuals. And I just kind of boiled it down to just a couple. A couple of folks in the Old Testament that remind me of, I can't. A couple of folks that, that God invited to, to be used by him. In fact, God didn't just invite him like that. He was going to do it. He, that was his plan. And, and he was calling them. And, 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 and they were consistently trying to talk him out of his choice. I'm trying to, gotta, you know, I get that you think you know what I can do. But you obviously haven't read my resume. I'm a bad candidate. I can't, Lord, I can't. One of those individuals was a fugitive. He was on the run from the government because he had, in fact, committed a crime. He he was wanted for breaking the law, and he had been on the run for a number of years. In fact, he was so well hidden, nobody had a clue where this guy was, if he was even still alive. Started a whole new life in a whole new place, almost kind of like witness protection. I'm in, a, I'm in a new place with a new people. Nobody knows where I came from. Nobody knows my history. Nobody has any idea. I'm well hidden and entrenched in a place nobody's going to find me. He was so well entrenched that he ended up marrying a wife, having some, some children, had a stable job. In fact, he, he had been working this job for just about 40 years. I mean, a lot of y'all worked 40 years somewhere. You could retire. This guy was in a good place on the run. Under the, under the, the umbrella. Out of, from under the radar. Well, the problem is he ran into a, a unique encounter. On the job, doing what he always did. And he came into contact with this unique thing happening. The thing about it is, is it was so unique, he'd never seen anything like it. And probably no one else had either. And maybe had ever will see anything like it. You know where I'm headed, right? What, 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 was, what was this fellow's name? It was Moses. What was this strange encounter that Moses came up on? A burning bu- a bush on fire which, what I, what I discover, is not necessarily all that out of the ordinary, that spontaneous combustion and dry climates and stuff of that nature. Wasn't all that unique, but he recognized something different about this bush, first of all, in that it wasn't burning up. Now, one of the things I love to do post-Christmas, or I don't, I don't do it anymore, but what I used to love to do post-Christmas, you know, where we're from, we always had live trees, and they were most often cedar, and when you forgot to water them that last week of Christmas, because just quite frankly, we were lazy and done with it, and tired of the whole operation, that thing dries out and gets really, really brown. One of the things that I loved to do was take a uh, dried out cedar tree and throw that thing on the fire because you know what it does. It's better than the Japanese restaurant and they do the explosion. This thing is awesome. It's a fireball, but it won't last for just a minute. And it's gone. This bush was on fire and wasn't burning up. It was not incinerating. It was just burning. Now, if that wasn't different enough, the real kicker, the, the, the real thing that made Moses fully aware that he was dealing with something otherworldly was that it began to talk, began to speak. Who was speaking through the bush? God was. You know what God was going to tell Moses? He going to tell Moses, listen, my people have been in Egypt... Where, interestingly enough, I know you're from. I know your story. I know where you come from. In fact, I was part of the reason that you survived the Holocaust of babies that were destroyed. But you didn't. You grew up in the palace. And I know, I know why. For this time, I've heard the cries of my people. They're ready to turn their heart to me. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go tell the king, the Pharaoh, to let my people go. And Moses was like, well, let me go get my stuff, Lord. I'll be on the way right now. What did he say? I can't do that. I can't do it. Lord, I'm a fugitive. I'm I broke the, I'm the last person to be go walking up into Egypt. I'm the last person. Not only that, he's going to, as, as he's communicating with God, he's going to say, but not only that, God, I don't, I don't even talk good. I, I, I got a speech problem. I, I, I just don't even think I can. I can't. I'm a, I'm a fugitive with baggage. I got a past. I'm doing good right where I'm at. I'm glad to hear you want to do something awesome for my people, but I'm cool right here. I can't go. I shouldn't be going. Exodus chapter number 3, verse number 11, 12. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12, And he said, God said, But I'll be with you. I'm going with you, Moses. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, You shall serve God on this mountain. God is basically saying to Moses, I know why you can't. I know the baggage that you've got. I know the problems with speech you think you have. I'm not asking you to bring what you bring to the table. I'm asking for you just to go with what I bring to the table. And when I bring it to the table, nothing is lacking. When I bring it to the table, nothing's going to stop what I want to accomplish. It may look that way to you. You might get there and think, well, they're saying no. And God says, I knew they were going to say no. I'm going to bring about some things that's going to change their minds. Nine times around, Moses could have turned around and said... God, obviously what you're doing, not changing their mind. He said, I planned on 10 all along. I'm showing them what I intend to show them, and everybody else is going to read this. Everybody else is going to be impacted. I'm doing exactly what I just want you to show up. I just want you to show up and be obedient. Moses says, I can't. Why? Because I'm weak. Was he weak? Yeah. Did he have a past? Of course he did. Was he incapable physically? Kind of got to believe he was. He really probably wouldn't have been the pick of the litter for communicating the word of the Lord. But that's not what God was concerned about. God called him to be obedient and follow him. And, And let me just ask you, those of you who know the Scripture... Did God do exactly what He intended through Moses who could not? Yes, He did. And it was spectacular. It was spectacular. I mean, seas parted and dry ground down and across we went and fire and, and, and lightning and soldiers and, and waters. And it just was spectacular. And did it have anything to do with what Moses could or couldn't do? Zero. 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 Made me think of another individual in the Old Testament. About 250 plus years after God did through Moses what God did in a spectacular way, God came back to his people who were, interestingly enough, in the promised land because God did exactly what he said he was going to do. And they're in the promised land, but they're getting picked on By a group of folks called the Midianites. Now, the Midianites were, you know, they were kind of this low class, marauding type of bullies. You know, they they really weren't all that organized. They were like a terror cell, all right? They would come in, they would just bully folks. And then move on out. And they'd come in, wait on your crops to grow up. And then they'd come in, they'd bully you. They'd steal your stuff and they'd take it off. And you wouldn't see them. They're just, you know, they were just this low, rotten, no good, come in, mess with stuff. Scared the people of Israel. Well, they didn't have a leader at the time. They, they they were doing what seemed right in their own eyes. They were just following out their own plans. And whatever food they might gather, they had to do it in secret. They had to do it under the cover of night. They had to be down in the low parts of the land, like in a in a wine press where you would never thresh wheat, but that's where you had to go in order to get it so that the bullies wouldn't come in and steal what you were. Threshing and and an individual was there trying to eke out a little bit of food for his family. God showed up and said, Hey, mighty man, I'm going to use you to take care of these bullies. And this guy looks around and goes, "I, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm obviously not a very mighty man. I'm hiding. I'm I'm where I'm not supposed to be, trying to just make a little food from a family and I'm not a mighty man. You picked the wrong address, sir. Who was this guy? Gideon. Gideon says, you you don't understand. Not only am I from the wrong side of the track, like I'm from the smallest clan of our whole tribe. I'm, I'm the weakest one in the... Cl- I, I'm like the one they call last to come open a jar of pickles in my family because they know I, I got the little bony arms and, and I you know, I, I live on the farthest dirt road out from the rest of civilization. I'm not a... Minor, I can't do this. You're crazy. Was God crazy? No, God wasn't crazy. Was God looking through Israel to find the strongest, most strapping individual to go accomplish his will? No, I think he was looking for the last one on the list. And he found him. Gideon. He "I, I I can't do this. I, I don't have the ability and obviously I'm a coward. I'm a nobody i tell you what, if if it's true, I'm going to leave my rug outside, and if I come out tomorrow morning and my rug's got dew on it and the ground is dry, then I'll know that it's you. Well, y'all know, you leave your shirt outside, it's going to be wet in the morning, right? Well, it was, but all the ground was dry. Oh, doggone it. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to flip it on just to make, because if you're really God, I know you will be able to do it. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to dry my rug out. I'm going to leave my rug out, and then tomorrow, if the grass is wet and the rug's dry, well, then I'll know. And sure enough, the rug was dry and the grass was wet, and he didn't want to go because he couldn't. He was afraid and he was a nobody. Did God route? the Midianites through the armies of Israel? He did. Was it a fair fight? No. How many of them went to battle against the Midianites? Tell me. 300 fighters went out into the field against the host of the Midianites with a, a an empty pitcher in one hand with a candle they were going to stick down in it and a trumpet of all things. And God routed the enemy through the breaking of the pitchers and the blowing of the horn and the shouting of the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and down they went. And who came out victorious? Don't say Gideon. God. Why? Because it never was about Gideon. It was always about God. Now, what's the point? You know what the point is. When God invites us to to be obedient to his call and to step into his plan and Yes, His plan for you is, is uniquely different than His plan is for me. But you know our, our, our plan, our individual plan, it all comes out of the same book, right? It's the gospel initiative. And God uses us in different ways with different abilities that He gives us, interestingly enough, to accomplish His purpose. But it's never about what we bring to the table. It's always about what He can accomplish through our obedience by His power. Because He said the same thing to Gideon in Judges 6.16. The Lord said to him, Gideon, but I will be with you. I'll be with you, Gideon. It's not about what you can or can't do. I know you can't, but I can. And I choose to do what I can do through you who cannot, so that I end up getting the glory. And every time God uses weak, broken, incapable, unable individuals, he's always the one who gets the glory. It should cause us to really be cautious about those who get the glory themselves because of what they can do. Because chances are great we might just be seeing what they can do rather than what he can do. So the key is whether or not God is with us or not, right? If we go out by ourselves, we can't, we won't. But if God is with us, then he can and all we get to do is be obedient. Well, I find it interesting that 1,200 years after Gideon, it was announced through a dream to a gentleman by the name of Joseph that his bride-to-be was actually with child and that was okay because the child that she was carrying was going to be named Jesus because he was going to save his people from their sin. But then the angel quoted something that came from the prophet Isaiah, chapter number 7, or right around verse number 14. He says, and and this is the connection. This is to show you the uniqueness of his child. He quotes Isaiah when he says in Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. You see, the key is always about whether we're going out on our own or if God is with us. And this season represents the Big, universal, galactic road sign that says God wants to be with us. And you say, how do we know that for certain? Because His Son is God with us. To accomplish in us what we can't accomplish on our own. To accomplish through us what we would never be able to do in our own strength. To do and be the strength that we broken humans need in order to obey and do and accomplish His will. Yeah, Pastor Kevin, Jesus isn't around anymore. I beg to differ. As y'all know, year after year after year after year, we continue to quote from the same gospel writer, Matthew. Not just from the first chapter, but from the very last chapter, the very end of the book, what does Jesus say on His departure? He says, now I want you to go into all the world, communicate the gospel, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. And, by the way, Verse number 20, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So, Pastor Kevin, I appreciate the, the message about Moses and Gideon, and that's awesome, but God has never said to me, I'll go with you. Oh, yes, he has. Yes, he has. And if you've, by faith, trusted in Jesus, you're counting your eternity on the fact that God has said, I am with you, because His Son is, in fact, God with us. And even though He spatially, physically, is now at the right hand of the Father, His promise remains true. How do I know this? He says, oh, because I'm going to give you another comforter, as much God as me, to prove my presence with you. And we know that person to be the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus as your Savior, God is always with you. And like the psalmist said, whether I go to the top of a mountain, you're there. Whether I go to the lowest parts of the grave, you're there. I go east, you're there. I go west, you're there. I turn front ways, you're there. I turn behind me, you're there. Why? Because he's always with us. Well, if that is in fact the case, then we have a choice as his people to stand in weakness, or to walk in strength. To stand up and trust that even though I can't, I'm gonna because He can. I can't share my faith. I know you can't. I know you're scared of folks and you're embarrassed and you're shy, but He can. It's as soon as you step into... Hey, would it be okay if I just kind of share with you a little bit about, about Jesus and what Christmas means to me? Or, 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 or I, I, I can't. I, I can't be a part because I don't have. Okay, but what would it look like if we just stepped in with what we did have? What could God do? I can't do it. That, 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 that spouse... That ball, whatever it is, I just, I can't. I know you can't. But he can. We we, we can choose the weakness or we can walk in strength. I love what the prophet Isaiah says. He says he gives power to the faint, he gives to him who has no might increased strength. Those that wait on the Lord, he says, they'll renew their strength. In Him, waiting on Him, they'll renew their strength. They can mount up with wings as eagles. They can walk and not be where they run and not faint. Why? Because it's not about what we bring to the table. It's what He brings to the table. What does He bring to the table? Might and power unlimited. To do through us what He intends to accomplish. If we will take off our yoke and put on His. If we will step into His embrace. If we'll just show up in obedience and let Him do it. We can choose strength. So what I want to encourage everybody here today... If you're a follower of Jesus, choose strength. You might have come in here in weakness. You might have come in here with a million reasons why you can't. And every one of them is very likely true. I just want to ask you to choose strength all over those excuses. Because His strength will overwhelm all of our I can'ts. Stand with me together if you will. While we stand, I want you to hear these words of God's Word. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12:10, he says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness. Paul was in a place where he could not serve God like he wanted to serve God. And he had a physical or emotional or some sort of impairment that he wanted taken away. God wouldn't take it away. Paul surrendered his weakness and decided to celebrate it. He says, because when I'm weak, then that's when I'm strong. Are you weak today physically, emotionally? Are you weak because of what you can't do that maybe you used to could do? Are you weak today because you're trying to accomplish things and it just doesn't seem to work? Then I want to offer you to surrender your weakness to Him. Just call it what it is. Say what it is, and then choose strength. Strength that he promised to demonstrate in you if you'll just show up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might it's a command that we be strong and, and he's not saying pick yourself up by your bootstraps those bootstraps are just looking for an opportunity to break they'll not hold up under what god wants to do in your life it ain't about you it's about stepping into him being strong in him When we do that, then we can declare with absolute confidence what Paul says in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do whatever He calls me to do because it's never been about what I can or can't do. It's always about what He can. And if He can, and He calls me, and I show up, well then He will. Because that's all He knows how to do. Is fulfill what He says He'll do. Church, I want to encourage you. I know you can't. I can't either. But He can. And He wants us to show up faithfully. As His children... With all our baggage, with all of our weakness, with all of our lack of pedigree, with all of everything we don't have to offer and just say, Lord, I'm showing up again because I believe you can. And when we do that, we choose strength for his glory. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here today. And you haven't trusted Jesus. I'll tell you about a verse that happens just before the, the talking about Emmanuel. I mentioned it. Where it says that she's going to bear a son. And she's going to call his name Jesus. The name Yeshua means God saves. He saves those who by faith trust in him. If you've never trusted Jesus, it sounds something like, if you mean it, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. I know I'm weak. I can't save myself. I can't be good enough no matter how hard I try. But I believe Jesus died for me in my place for my sin. I believe you raised him from the dead, and I want him as my Savior and my Lord. And I don't know what all that looks like, but I just want to be new, and I want to be yours. If that's your cry, that's your desire, I I firmly believe God's word says that you will be saved. And I would hope that you won't leave today without telling us more so that we can walk with you and encourage you as you begin to follow Jesus. Christian, just accept the fact that you are weak and that's probably not going to change. But he's strong, and we know that's not going to change. Let's choose to walk in his strength for his glory. So, Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that we've been able to enjoy and celebrate and and get excited about. And, Father, I just ask that today, your people, myself included, God, you know where I recognize my weakness. You know where I say almost every time I can't. You know it. And I ask that you will, God, let uh, your word first affect me so that I might step into obediently your strength. God, I pray that you will show us those opportunities ahead of us and uh, give us the courage to just show up for your glory by faith. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...